thank you for joining us once again. We appreciate you. Uh, please like, share, subscribe to this show. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else that you might get your uh, internet, social media influence. We just four guys basically that have been good friends for 20 plus years and just trying to solve the world's problems one drink at a time. I guess we need to get into the introductions. Who should we introduce? My man, KG. Yo, listen, I ain't got much to say except Big Ox is here. So I'm going to toss over to Big Ox. What up, fam? I miss you, man. I love you, bro. Man, what's going on, man? You know, I got a bad thing of just being a ghost rider for a minute, but it ain't been personal. It's been life and all types of crazy shit, but I miss y'all. But I'm back in this bitch. Let's go. Pass it to Rob. <laughs> Welcome back, Ox. Welcome back, fam. This is Ra Rashim in the house. Yo, y'all, do y'all got drinks? Ox, do you have a drink? It's been you got what do you got? Peanut juice or something with a peanut punch? What, nah, come no, on now. I've been watching his his stories. He's been sipping on something real He's been sipping so, so right. So don't be hitting us with that. Oh, I'm drinking H2O. What you drinking, nah, nah, fam? Nah, nah, back I'm, in the I'm, house. I'm back, I'm back on the house, but for right now, my daughters came back home, so they got me some. Banana pudding, so I'm eating. I ain't drinking, but you know what okay. I mean. All right, I can't. You know what? He he been gone so long. I can't even be mad at him. I'm like, at least you here, man. You know what I mean. I, I want you to have a drink with us, but you know, cheers, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah, sipping yeah. on some tequila, by the way. Tequila. This is for the people. Fortaleza Rosposado tequila. Top notch. What you what you drinking on, John? I got to work in the morning, so this is like a a wine spritzer type shit. <laughs> but from a woman-owned Maryland-based distillery, 10th Ward Distilling Company, it's Arnold Palmer. So, okay. bottoms up. Cheers, gentlemen. Well, I, I, I got a little red wine, y'all. I have I have been missing out on my whiskey lately. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm all out of Uncle Nearest, and I'm holding out because the CEO, Fawn Weaver, is doing a CEO tour. She's going to be in the D.C. metropolitan area in this week. And y'all know I stand for Fawn Weaver. So, I'm waiting that she get here, get me a couple of signed bottles. So, um, next week... Next time we we stream, I'll be back on some some whiskey. Before right now, I may send you some money to get me uh, a signed one too. Get get you a signed bottle as well. Yeah, yeah. done deal, yeah. done deal, yeah. done deal. Bottoms up. Here we go. All right, period. Everybody that's hey, out there, appreciate y'all. See, he, he just um, ruined it. I'm gonna just say real early. Shout out to Dana, our producer. She is mm -hmm. not with us today. You know, blessings and prayers to her father George, who's under the weather, but. Mm. We're thinking about her, and we're going to dedicate this show to her. And uh, we love you, and we miss you. Flawless. Flawless. Rita, I'll send you the information about the, the Uncle Nearest piece um, so you can show up. She's going to be all over the area. Right. We try to ease into the little convo, let people get situated and settled. You know what I'm saying? So before we get started, I know what everybody's thinking. We, we know what the topic of conversation is out there on social media before we get to that fellas what is the most embarrassing fashion trend that you used to engage in what would you say i i wasn't big on fashion trends because fashion trend um had, it, it kind of connotated you had the money to keep up with trends and i was broke i was poor i couldn't keep up with with pumas uh, Lee jeans, you know, shell top. I couldn't keep up with that stuff because you, you you had to have money to do it. But the the only thing I could say that was a trend that I did two things that might have been really really embarrassing. At one stage, I had those Dwayne Wayne circular <laughs> flip glasses with the, the little sunglasses. I saw a picture of that. Picture of this. Yeah. You, you yeah. may have like back yeah. in the day. I had pictures. <laughs> I don't have those photos no more. It's when you um, was bald headed. No, this is this is when I was in high school. Um, oh, wow. I didn't have it when I was ball. But the other thing, when Bobby Brown was rocking a Gumby, I had a Gumby back in the day, y'all. I, I had a Gumby action. So that's back in. That's back in right now. The, the Gumbies is it back is. in. I don't know oh, the flat, flat tops came back. It was it was Bobby Brown. It was Kwame. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. was all of the rappers had the Gumby action. The polka dots. Mm, I ain't do polka dots. So once again, you had to have money to buy polka dots. I ain't, oh I man, you could have painted some damn polka dots. Toothpaste, white out. I'm gonna go with pleated pants, man. We had pleated pants when you had like a suit or like some some khakis or something. Pleated pants. I mean, you know, that, that was kind of the thing. It just that was the thing. That was embarrassing. I don't think that was embarrassing. I thought and that I was in back then. I mean, it ain't, you know, it ain't good right now. I mean, it, I'm like, right. I didn't have no money, and when I did get money, I bought like you know little button ups here and there, and I never had you know I didn't have crazy haircuts. I was bald. Maybe my glasses. 
I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Another guy that rings. Mm-hmm. You know, I got one tattoo. We got a, you know some brands, but you know that's it. For me, I think it was just uh, I ain't going front. I was on the polka dot shirts like Kwame. I was on that big in high school, and for my senior graduation, I had like about a six inch flat top, and we had this shit back in New York. Right, right, remember it was called sunning. So you would spray that shit in your hair, and then your hair would change colors. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I sprayed sunning in my hair, and the top of my hair went blonde. And me being Jamaican, my mom's was like, "Oh, where you think y'all go with that kind of hair?" And she made me cut that shit off. Wow. So she wasn't trying to hear the bleach hair. You know what I'm saying? I rocked that joint for like a week. I thought I was the shit. I sprayed that shit and I walked in the sun and I was like, it ain't changing. And then two days later, it started changing colors. And by that weekend, my mom's was like, so, <laughs> I mean, that was wow. it. Wow. Wow. You look at look at the comments. You got read or something. She had uh, the hammer pants, used jeans, asymmetric haircut. So she had that. Yo. Action. Keeping it 100, yes, I had the hammer pants, too. I oh, yeah. <laughs> I had the hammer pants. They wasn't as crazy as the it hammer. It was embarrassing. We say it, it, that was that was in style at that time. No, that's just embarrassing. Dude. I mean, you yeah, look back on this embarrassing. That's, I, that's, thought hammer, I, I thought anything associated with hammer was whack. So, wow. Facts. Tripping. Well, listen, listen, y'all. We, we, we going to hop right to it because I know why you came. I know why y'all here. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all want us to discuss and be the final word on something that has been running rampant in the internet since last week. The dearly departed Kevin Samuels. We initially were going to talk about how he called all y'all 35 plus year old black women leftovers because y'all y'all claim to have standards. And then out that y'all was left over, we was going to talk about that. And then the brothers. You know, he up and passed away on us. Damn. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Rest gotta, in gotta, peace, gotta, Kevin Samuels. Got to give him respect. Because um, <laughs> when you die, that's the period at the end of your it's sentence. Over, it's a wrap. Ain't no coming back. So now after there was rumors running around the, the Twitter sphere that he, he may have passed away, he may have died. And then people were saying, well, we don't know. We got to get confirmation. And then no one could get confirmation. Roland mm-hmm. Martin was on it. He couldn't get confirmation. And then next thing you know, but by the morning, I mean, dudes was hitting up Kevin Samuels' Instagram page like, please, sir, tell me this is a lie. They call him the Godfather. Some of them dudes call this dude the Godfather. Yeah, Godfather, tell me you're still out there. No response. Mm. Kevin Samuels was nowhere to be. So, sisters got on Twitter, Mm. and as it has been characterized, they had a parade. Damn. I the man's passing. <laughs> so then the narrative became people were celebrating Kevin Samuels' death. Did y'all view what was going on as a celebration of his death, celebrating that the man was dead? And if you did, what was so wrong with that? Wow. <laughs> Let me start with here. What's wrong with that? It's social media. There's nothing wrong with it. He lived on social media, lived by the sword, died by the sword, and all that other good stuff. I don't think that the truth of everything has been fully revealed. I think how it all kind of played out was messed up in the sense that, you know, his family or his loved ones found out via social media as opposed to letting the law take its course or whatever. But that being said, if you're going to go out, I can't really think of many better ways than what he's alleged to, how he's alleged to have gone out. He's alleged to have gone out similar to the dude in color purple, right? Correct. Nobody wants to go. But if you got to go, that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna say this in in green light. I think I recommended that book for the people in a few weeks, a few episodes ago. Uh, but green light by Matthew McConaughey. He tells a story about that's how his father passed mm. on his mama. All right, cool. I understand that. I I, I just don't want this to be a, a discussion about how he passed. I know. Okay. I know. Because the comments, the comments is going in on on. Um, you know, I don't think anyone celebrated his death. That's what Jules but they said. Did. Did. No one was overly remorseful. Christine was talking that. about he got the same respect in death that he gave in life. None. Um, Lisa saying not a celebration, not cool, but he died on top of a woman. So she back on a died on top of. So yeah. So let's move away from how he died yeah. up in in the goodness. We was divided. People yeah. was like, you shouldn't celebrate a man's passing. But what did he even do? What man, did he do? Even you know what I'm saying? Is, what, 
with dirt on women. I want you to John, me, me and you, it sounds like you and I are aligned on this a little bit because I found it very distasteful. Okay, what what let's break down exactly what he did. All of the people that were, you know, saying, hey, good, he's dead, that's it, it is what it is, celebrating or whatever you want to call it, were mad because of things that he said about black women specifically. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, Not just okay. what he said about black women specifically. I'm, how he also addressed them. It's what you say and it's how you say it. Those are Absolutely. those are factors that can't go. Okay, that's over. fine. That's what he said. So because of those things that he said that obviously were very destructive and hurt people's feelings across the country, that was why people was like, we're glad that he's dead. Yeah, and do it, celebrating, quote unquote. What exactly did he do? He said things. Now you might not like him, you might not respect him, you might not give a damn about him. You might think he's dead wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But the way that people were carrying on, it was like what I would expect from George Zimmerman being dead. You know what I I'm agree. saying? It I was mean, way overboard. Yeah. You don't like what he's got to say. Cool. But the way that people was going in on it was way too much. Yeah. So, J Jay, you and I are in a similar place. I, I looked at the dude as an entertainer, first of all. And because he was an entertainer, I don't I didn't take anything that he said personally. I didn't. I don't know any woman person that. I'm close to that will dial into his his platform and subject themselves to be rated, dress size, and address in a manner in which he did to people. But people willingly did those types of things, and so I don't I don't fault him for that being his avenue to to fame or you know some some sort of notoriety. I don't think it was cool that people were celebrating his death. You can do what you want. I, I you know I don't care less. It don't, it don't bother me. What you eat don't make me shit. But I don't necessarily think it was in good taste. And I think people were, you know, applying their own personal things against the dude. I don't think the dude was talking to them personally. I think he was providing a point of view that was his and his alone and people who thought like him. And it's no different than politics. Sometimes you align to a, a political group and sometimes you don't. I mean, just... So, and he so always is also talking about men too, but everybody forgets he about did, that. He did, and, I, and people forget that. When he told that one dude, he said... He told the one dude, he said, you fat, you ain't got no money, and you got a little dingling. And he was like, and he, he he laughed at the dude. Like that that whole clip went viral. And I also said that, you know, most people didn't listen to his own <laughs> show. Y'all both going in on how we really, asking like, your question. Y'all minimizing it. Y'all minimizing it. And I want to give minimize. We're answering your question. I want to give a different perspective. Y'all okay. perspectives are pretty much aligned right now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give a different perspective. I don't think it's just that he gave his opinion on women and whether or not he got at black men as well as black women. That's not that's a non-factor. Just because he got at black men does not mean that we get to tell black women how they should feel about what he said about them. It's not a we so, thing. It's a he thing. Hold, hold, no, no, no. Hold on a quick second. Y'all are overlooking the fact that this dude constantly and consistently made blanket statements he wasn't talking specifically. He would talk directly to a woman and then he would branch that out and make a blanket statement and throw a lot of black women under the blanket. So now if you got a lot of black women under the blanket of his his generalized statements, you can't be shocked when generally black women are like, I don't give a damn. He died. This dude That's had no authority. He had authority. He had over a million plus followers. That don't make it don't make him authoritative figure. Listen, y'all talk. All right, so KG, you use the example like you see him as an entertainer. It is the it's the same in line as how entertainment, specifically rap, hip hop, and those images that we find in popular culture, brainwashes youth. We would be stupid to say that images that they get in entertainment don't brainwash youth, don't brainwash grown men. So if he's an entertainer, he's making blanket statements. He got a whole bunch of other men parroting those statements. And now in real life, interacting with women based on the gospel of Kevin Samuels. He 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 did have authority. He had power, Dude, he had control. Do you, do you think do you think Steve Harvey is an authority for women when they did that 90 day rule stuff? Was he an authority? He was because there were a lot of women who was buying the book, reading it. There were a lot of men who was buying a book and reading just because you Man. didn't do it. Listen, you were one in person. Billions. I'm gonna be opinion. Hold on a second. It wouldn't have been a best-selling book, New York Times best-selling book, if he didn't have authority. If people wasn't buying it, reading it, and following mm -hmm. it. If if he didn't have authority, it would have went double wood, double nickel. It wouldn't have gotten no sales. I but think it became a bestseller. And it became a movie. Go ahead, go ahead John. 
people can be people can feel how they want to feel. Clearly. I think it's untoward. So if you were out in the streets having a parade and you excited, you like fuck him, burning hell, piss on him, whatever. All I'm, I'm saying just, is, I didn't see all that. I'm I just, saying I didn't is, see that. I you must not be on Twitter, on Facebook, or on social media because that's exactly what is going on. All I'm saying is, by all means, do it. It's just untoward. That's it. So go ahead, do what you do. That's an ugly response to somebody dying. Period. He's been ugly in life. Okay. Well, I mean, if he was to, and he was also wrong too. So. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yakety schmackety. That's where I'm at with it. But by all means, knock yourselves out. I just think I think we are underselling the importance of his impact on how black men have decided to cherry pick his philosophies and then treat black women in real life. No, man. I think you're putting too much on it. I'm glad that you're saying it because if I was to have this conversation with women, they would say that I'm. I can't remember what the buzzword is where yeah. you are telling them that they're, whatever they're feeling is not real, but. Kevin Samuels had a million followers on YouTube. 89% of them followers was there to hate on it. I guarantee you. I don't believe that there are hordes and hordes of men that are like taking what Kevin Samuels is saying and like really molding their communication style on it. I think that they are having, they might be acting in a certain way because of their own experience. Kevin Samuels is not like a relationship guru for black men that people are trying to make him out to be. He was He's an English consultant. <laughs> I fell down the rabbit hole of one of those black male groups. Those are the ones who will be calling Kevin Samuels Godfather. And I fell down the rabbit hole of just looking at all these comments and posts. And the stuff that they were posting was just flat out, just disrespectful, just blatantly. And I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. The internet is not real. The internet is a, it's a, it's a place where people can present personas it is not a, a, a interaction unless we meet face to face. Now, do I know any woman who went on his show? No. Do I know any woman personally that would go on the show? I don't think so. But for those who say they need men, like the men are impacted by what this dude would say and change their persona. I mean, show me where these dudes are at. Like people on, on the internet typing these comments and sending all this stuff and retweeting stuff. I mean, it's the internet, man. This is this is entertainment to me. But what I'm also saying is they are taking this internet entertainment and they are executing Where? it in the real Where? world. Where? In the real asking. world. These Show are people who, who are having relationships, who are choosing people for whatever image or reason that Kevin Samuels said choose them for. And the very interesting thing for me is you have women who have been victimized by men and now the men are complaining that the women are acting like victims. Listen, oh, I'm not his, his last his last his last post was women who leftovers 35 and all because they decided to wait because they they didn't no. want to settle. That's probably because they had been in relationships with dudes. No, it's not. That was no last one. That's not true. This is amazing. That was I'm not Hold on, sir. Hold on a second. Go ahead, That's go not ahead. the point. Whether, whether that was the last one or not isn't the point. The point is you can't get mad at a woman for saying, I don't want to deal with dudes right now because I've been dealing with dudes and they've been treating me like trash. And they want to call That's them fair. names or you were left over. That's the type of stuff he was doing. I think that a lot of people are talking out of both sides of their neck on this issue and really need to get their arms around this whole thing. You can't say on one hand that you are trying to reject traditional culture and behavior and then when that traditional culture behavior is like, okay, well, this is what it looks like. Then you get mad about it because you're not quite, quite fitting in. Which one is it? Do you want to throw away the traditional behavior? Again. Because go, he's go, like, go huh? I said, go there again. I didn't fully get your example. Kevin Samuel said, if you were 35 and over, you are a leftover. That matters if you uphold traditional behavior. If you ain't with that, then nothing that he is saying is going to hurt your damn feelings. And that's the energy that we get most of the time. Like we are trying to do away with this patriarchy. We're trying to do away with that old style mentality. And now, okay, this is what it looks like. So what, what is everybody mad about? I don't understand. Anyway, but go for it, Neil. we can do this all day long. Look, look, go for it, Neil. What you got? <laughs> Yo, I really missed y'all. I swear. I was really paying attention to this shit, but I guess I'm the odd man out because yes, RIP, bless the dead. But Fuck him. <laughs> like the way he was, it was just like he made people who ain't have no voice, ain't have no game, the type of motherfucker that couldn't talk to somebody if they were standing right next to them, have a voice. And people that was opening their eyes like, oh, my God, you're preaching the gospel. It's no brainer shit. Like he wasn't speaking anything so profound that people didn't know 
or they didn't feel. So everybody puts them on this pedestal. And you I'm mean like, like an air horn. They really put it on this pedestal. I'm like, yo, America <laughs> made this motherfucker a legend, and he's just an asshole. Oftentimes, I think a lot of the women who flock to him to call in, they may have been dealing with some stuff mentally. They yeah. may have been low-hanging fruit, and instead of calling him, they probably should have called the therapist. You know what I'm saying? So, Agreed. you know, I, I, I'll throw it to KG. This kind of reminded me, anyway, just to me, it kind of reminded me how, like, when years ago when Steve Harvey came out with the book, and they're like, That's oh, my God, this is what the world is about. I'm like, it's everyday shit. Steve Harvey is no great person to talk about relationships years later. Here comes another motherfucker. Oh my yeah. God, God fuck man, shut up. We should, we yeah. should, we should write so, a book, y'all. I think, I think that you know we're gonna, we're gonna. I think what Ross said last, and I don't disagree. Some of the people will have that that doubt in supported him, and people that I think that go to these people who are not even experts in these fields for relationship advice. They may have some mental illness. They may have some mental issues. And some of us may or may not know what May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we, we have a guest that we want to invite onto the show. And, you know, as she joins our show, I'll uh, give a little bit of a history of, you know, what mental health awareness is. Mental Health Awareness Month started in 1949. And the purpose of it was to raise awareness and educate the public about mental illnesses. And it looks like in 2008 or so, we started having these things for a year, uh, per year. And this year's theme for 2022 is back to basics. Uh, joining us today, we have someone that is near and dear to anyone that went to Howard University. We have Dr. Selena Smith, and she is originally from San Marcos, Texas. She went to Ohio State as to get a PhD. She went to Howard mm -hmm. undergrad. She uh, is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Alpha chapter. I will, I will add that in there as well. In her bio, she says she's an advocate, a nurturer, a lover, a warrior, a healer, a teacher, and truth teller. Um, she has 10 years of experience in the, in the, in the field of uh, therapy as a therapist in a variety of different situations. She's worked with women specifically in the Oklahoma State um, institutions, jail, prison, that type of thing. Um, and has lived in, in various places throughout the country. And, and also, again, we uh, bison uh, with us as well. So with that, hopefully I did this introduction justice, but a warm round of applause and straight no chaser. Welcome. And we're going to put a glass up and say welcome, Dr. Selena Smith, to a straight no chaser podcast. Thank you. Welcome, Dr. Smith. Thank you for having me tonight. Mm -hmm. One little correction. I went to University of Oklahoma for my PhD. Okay. I apologize. But I know Ohio was in there someplace. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. I did my residency there. Okay. My error. Make sure you correct me. I appreciate that. So, Dr. Smith, we're going to call you Selena. You want to be Dr. Smith. Which one you want to? Selena's fine. Selena's fine? Okay. Dr. Selena for me. The amount of work it takes for a black woman to get a, yeah, uh, for a, sure. a PhD, I'm, I'm honoring that. Dr. Thanks Selena. We're going to roll with that. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Smith, you know, again, thank you for, for joining our show this evening and helping us have this most important discussion around mental health. And, you know, part of what the catalyst for us kind of discussing this one was just really the month. And then over the last few weeks and even this, this, this year, we've seen a number of suicides that have taken place and even just people kind of making changes in their own, you know, movements because of their own mental health. SZA, for example, R&B um, artist and kind of in that industry, she's taking a break from, you know, social media. Naomi Judd, right? You know, she's a famous country singer. She just committed suicide. You know, we got Regina King's son, Ann, who committed suicide. You have, uh, you know, the, 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 the cheerleader from Southern University, I believe her name is uh, Atlanta Miller is her name. Um, she committed suicide. Um, Chelsea Smith, Miss USA, she committed suicide. Got an endless list of people who have in it themselves just because of mental illness. So can you tell us a little bit about what, from your experience and, and your work in this, in this field, you know, what are some of the signs that we can think about that we can help support and then just, you know, take us around this, take us on this journey so that we can kind of be better educated around this and, and be better supporters. I think the first thing that comes to mind is you talk about like some of the different, um, people who have committed suicide, Black people are hurting. We are hurting. We're under a tremendous amount of stress and life is hard. And so I think people don't have the proper supports in their life or they're not comfortable utilizing those supports, um, which causes them to isolate themselves and 
uh, kind of spiral. And, you know, I feel like these like past couple of generations are just now starting to get comfortable with the idea of therapy. Um, and so people are seeking help slowly. I feel like black men are slowly kind of getting more acclimated with kind of talking about therapy. But yeah, this is a huge, huge issue, especially in our community. Dr. Smith, you, you, you said something around, you know, black men. And mm -hmm. we just had this conversation about Kevin Samuels and, you know, that whole thing. You probably will listen. I saw your comments, a couple of that popped up on the screen. Him aside, what are some of the things you think that or that you've heard that prohibit or some of the obstacles that black men kind of encounter that prohibit them from making this step and say, you know what, I need to talk to somebody about, you know, some things in my life. I think a lot of it's systemic and societal, like men aren't supposed to seek help, especially black men. Um, they're supposed to be strong and, you know, the one who carries the family or our communities on their backs. Um, so that's hard to kind of break that. I think there's a lot of just cultural like stigma where, you know, black folks don't go seek help. I think that's a lot. A lot of that goes back to like my parents' generations and before that. Because um, I was talking to my mom yesterday and we were talking about therapy and she was telling me how like she feels like that's just something new. Like when they were in school, especially before um, integration, no one even talked about mental illness. Right. They would go to church, pray, pray for God, you know, to deliver them from whatever, you know, their nervousness or however they would call whatever they would call it. But yeah, like I think the cultural, like that's a white person's thing. White people do therapy, not black people. Um, and I think another barrier may be even just access, right? So financial yeah. resources, um, communities where we don't have a lot of providers of color. That's a huge issue. So break it down for us. What's, what does it cost? Like if somebody doesn't have insurance, what does it cost for somebody to say, you know what, I got some issues. What do I go? How much is it going to run me? Because, you know, to your point, black people are suffering and, you know, we're impacted most economically. Yeah. So thankfully, we have a lot of resources now um, available. So Taraji uh, Henson just started a foundation recently that pays for up to five sessions for people um, to seek mental health services. So we have that. We have um, I'm a part of a nonprofit called the Soul Care Collective. And so we provide affordable mental health services for black, brown and indigenous people. And all of our practitioners are black, brown or indigenous. So, you know, there's some more comfort with going to therapy when you have a provider who looks like you. Um, I can't think Your of business. Well, my business, but that's not a low cost option. We can talk about that. <laughs> talk about that. It's not um, a low-cost option. It's not, but yeah. no, I have a um, business called Real Liberation Coaching and Consultation Services. And Real stands for Restore, Empower, Align, and Love. And so I feel like those are basic tenets in just healing overall. Um, and so I work as a life coach. I've been trained as a therapist, but a lot of my work is as a life coach now. And that also goes back to access as well. Um, I don't have to deal with insurance. I'm not limited by, you know, state jurisdictions with licensure. Um, and so I can see a wide variety of people in different settings. Um, that makes it feel a little more comfortable. And so uh, I offer, you know, individual therapy, relationship therapy, you name it. And you know what okay, it is okay. too, Dr. Smith? Oh, go ahead, Rob, my bad. No, Neil, please. No, nah, I'm just listening to what you say because um, I've shared with my family members here, these are my family members, but I think it also has to do with, like you said, cultural, like mm -hmm. I'm I'm almost 50. I came from Jamaica, I was raised in New York. My era was like, you know, men don't cry. Nobody really cares about your issues. You know, toughen up and keep it moving. Like, mm -hmm. Kelsey is my little brother, I love him. I think the first time I cried was maybe when I was like in my 40s, you know? And the last time I openly cried was at my daughter's graduation. And he was right there with me, so like, you know, I think we had this conversation before a couple episodes back. Like, I don't think I've ever cried in front of the, my brothers right here. And I've been through a lot of stuff. We all have been. But it's just like, you know, it's I'm not saying their perspective, but society looks at you like, oh, you crying, you soft. Shake mm -hmm. that off. What you boohooing for? You know what I mean? And then if you do cry to somebody and you become vulnerable and they're not necessarily you know, there to embrace you the way you want to, you feel a certain type of way. So you take that with you and it's like, oh, word, I have to put on this hard exterior. So it's, it's, it's a lot to it. Absolutely. And 
one of the biggest demographics that I see are black men from like 35 to 45. And a lot of what they come in for is just helping trying to get in touch with their emotions and how to identify them and how to talk about them and how to process emotions because of that same reason, the way they were raised and, you know, just trying to, let's not talk, you know, I didn't even mention trauma. I feel like any black person in America, just off top, we're dealing with trauma, right? And so that's a lot of what they're talking about is just learning how to truly engage and be in, in relationship with people. Yeah, I, uh, Dr. Selena, I was going to ask you to channel like Neil's response to you addressing the importance of vulnerability, men showing vulnerability, not showing vulnerability, but men being carefully and intentionally led through processing that vulnerability and the strengths in that. So if you can address that, that's one question. And I got a second question. The second question is COVID. Like, before COVID, we might have thought we was good. We go through two years of COVID to the, you know, on this day, we hit the, the one millionth COVID death mark in, in America. Like, what are the signs we should look for in this quote unquote post COVID existence that we may need to go talk to somebody? I don't know if I understood your first question. So I'm going to answer the second one first. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, okay. go ahead. And, and, um, and I'll, I'll wrap back around the first one. Okay. So I think a lot of people, even though things are starting to open back up, have a lot of uh, anxiety and just kind of hesitation about getting back in public. You know, a lot of them have kind of developed some anxiety and phobia around being around people. And so if you find yourself isolated still, you know, and not answering your friend's calls and just, you know, withdrawing, uh, that's a sign that something could be going on. Uh, <clears throat> sleep disruption, not getting enough sleep or getting too much sleep <clears throat> can be a problem. Um, a loss of interest in things that you typically are used to love, you know. So, you know, if you enjoy sports and you're not watching basketball, you know, the playoffs or any of that, if you were in the gym pretty consistently and you have a hard time just motivating yourself to do to do workouts, um, your appetite can either increase or decrease, you know, changes in the appetite and also just, you know, anger. I think a lot of times we think about, you know, you know, people being depressed and being sad and, you know, withdrawn. But depression can also manifest, especially in men, as anger, irritability, you know, having a short fuse. Um, and so that's also kind of a manifestation of, you know, just, I guess, post-COVID, life post-COVID. Dr. Smith, is yeah. there a um, like a test, right? You know, sometimes there are these type of tests that people can take to kind of just say you are a candidate that really could benefit from some therapy. Is there like a test or universal test that you recommend that you can subscribe to? Not just black yeah. men, just the people in general so that they can kind of see where they are on that scale of you really kind of got some issues that you need to get checked out. Or, you know what, you're in a pretty good mental space because that people are on the spectrum. Automatic. Yeah, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there are questionnaires, you know, you can probably pretty easily find a questionnaire um, kind of assessing depression or anxiety, things like that. And so I, I would do a search and just see. Or I could get you some some resources. That yeah, you if you get it to us, we can we can post it on yeah. our on our site and uh, you know, we can definitely support. Um, there's a question for one of the chasers, uh, Rita. The question reads, once we see the signs or observe something that may be different in loved ones, how do we encourage them to seek services? I think just pretty much having a, a upfront conversation. You know, I think uh, hopefully if you have a pretty close relationship with the person, uh, you would feel comfortable talking to them just about the changes maybe that you've seen hmm. um, and express your concerns. I would normalize that people are having a hard time right now. Because even though everybody's not, you know, showing it on social media or, you know, just out in public, people are struggling. People are struggling. So I, I would have a pretty upfront conversation. Can we pivot to Roz? What you said about the vulnerability. Go back to that, Rock, because I want to hear what you're going to say. Okay. So the, the question, let me clean it up for it. Um, and yes, Queen, uh, we do have a follower name. Yeah, we call y'all the chases. We call y'all chases because, you know, we straight no chaser. Um, but we mm -hmm. have y'all as chases. So, yeah, my question was about vulnerability. Um, the importance behind men specifically um, being able to process their trauma mm -hmm. in, a, in a way, 
um, that leads to vulnerability. Is there strength in that? Is there healing in that? I say there's an importance to it, but I'm not a professional. What are your thoughts on processing through trauma and being vulnerable as we do it? I think that's the only way you truly experience the fullness of life, right? Like being in relationship with people. You have to be vulnerable to some degree. Um, otherwise, you're kind of having this surface, superficial kind of relationship with someone. Being vulnerable, and it does involve risk, right? Because you're giving someone the power to kind of hurt you or mistreat you in some way. Um, but there's faith. You have to have faith in just that things will work out. And if they don't, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to be the end of the world. But yeah, there's healing and vulnerability, especially, I think, men's relationships with each other, friendships, right? I think that's few things more healing than that is just those, those kind of connections that you have with each other. And I think in being vulnerable, you become a better partner, a better friend, a better, you know, family member, a better parent even, because I can't imagine parenting without being truly vulnerable, but that's because I've done a lot. I've done my own therapy. So generational uh, trauma is real. Talk about it. And you said, a, you said a key phrase and, and, and like, I, I love this topic. It's amazing, but being vulnerable myself with my family members right here, it's hard sometimes. I think I won't, I won't even say for anybody, I'll talk for me. Like, if I'm going through stuff, my brothers right here know Neil disappears and Keltrick, which would be the first one. That's why he's shaking his head. He'll check me. He's like, Dog, we love Ra too, John too. They'll say, We love you. Let us know what's going on. But from my perspective and my thought pattern, and maybe some other men feel that way, I look at it as like, I love them enough and I know they're going through their own life stuff. So me putting on what I'm going through on top of what they're going through, I just deal with it myself. So I go into my little turtle shell and then I'll come back and it's like, oh, Neil's back again. But, you know, that's how I think some men, I know I do it. I don't want to impose my pain on them. No, I think that's yeah, a yeah. and female because I've done the same thing. Like you can ask KG, he we've been friends for years and he's called me out so many times for just like disappearing. He's been um, doing that. Yeah, yeah. But you know what you're doing, Neil? You're making the decision for them. You're deciding for them that they can't handle whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I want to address this too, because you know, that that right there, what you just said, I know what I can handle mm -hmm. and I know what I can't. And out of out of the four of us, you know, in our, our history, even the five of us, let's put everybody in the mix. I'm comfortable with being vulnerable around all of y'all. I, I don't, you know, it is what it is. I'm comfortable in my manhood. I'm comfortable in my vulnerability. And I'm comfortable sharing spaces that are reserved for the few. Ron and I have had our moments. I, in my mind, I, I'll never forget before I got married, we was in the the groom the groomsman area by ourselves. Never ever will forget that. Me and Neil, either walking back after my grandma died, or even after graduation. Jay and I, I'll never forget when Jay was like, "Dude, that ain't responsibility." Like these are moments that are just seared into my mind. So then we was at the airport when you had on your Jays, and you were coming from I think it was other it was your line was just funeral. I bumped into you with the Atlanta airport. I will never forget the, that moment. And so I think we owe it to ourselves to not have experiences like Kevin Samuel's mother. Mm -hmm. We find out some shit through social media, some other circle, when we have the opportunity and, in my opinion, the obligation to communicate what's going on. So either we can support, offer some support and at least make some withdrawals from the relationship that we made all these deposits in. So mm -hmm. it just I just that's just how I feel. I hear what everybody is saying and everything like that. I might just be looking at things a little bit differently. Um, I am a type of person that I'm not trying to reveal too much or whatever the case is. And it has absolutely nothing to do with y'all whatsoever. It's because I'm not trying to share that. And what you can do or can't do or whatever the case is, don't even come up in my damn calculus. So like, I'm not trying to necessarily be vulnerable to anybody. There are certain levels that I can bring you in on and it's just that's kind of what it is. There's things that I will never tell y'all simply because I don't want what might potentially happen to have any kind of negativity. How the hell did we get to this point? Speaking of being vulnerable, uh, this is yeah, a damn podcast. You, 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 no, 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 no. 
um, we were talking about mental health. But I think this is a very important topic. This, Go ahead, Rob. This is this is a part of mental health. John, what you were saying was important. I want you to finish what you were saying. Um, I'm saying for people that are like me, Neil was like, he doesn't want to necessarily put the weight on other people's shoulders. I'm of the opinion that if you can't fix my damn problem and not by voluntarily making me do more work, no, you fix the damn problem, then it's pointless for me to go through my damn problem with you. And I would rather just handle it and be done with it. It doesn't, it's, and for me, it has zero to do with other people. And it is how I prefer to handle certain things. So I'm not like Neil. I'm not like Rob, I'm not like Keltrick or whatever the case is. I'm always available. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like that type of person, but there's plenty of things. Uh, Jackson was revealed to be autistic when he was like two and a half to us. I didn't tell y'all about that till years later when I had made peace with it myself. So that's just how I operate. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm of the opinion and I want everyone to do what they feel like is best for their own lives. I am not a super huge fan of therapy. I'm not going to pay you to tell me something that's wrong with me. I know what's wrong with me. I don't see the need for it, but you do what you do. So you you have tried therapy? I have tried therapy. With multiple people or just you've tried mm. like one, one time? Um, one person and that was it. I have tried therapy on many different ways and in various different scenarios. It is simply... I'm not that kind of person. I am totally good with praying about it. But you need therapy, and I mean this with all my heart. I'm not trying to say anything negative about it. Everybody should do what they feel like is best for their situation. I'm not downing therapy. If you need it, get it. And, you know, help yourself and do what you got to do. Can I say that I, I'm somewhere in between Cage and Neil skewing John in? Somewhere in between <laughs> that. My thing is I have no issue with being vulnerable because I understand the power in it, uh, especially with regards to building relationships with people I value and also building trust with people I value. And if I choose not to share something, let's say I'm skewing towards John. It's not like I'm being Neil, I'm just closing off. Let's say I just, I'm not sharing something because I'm not gonna share everything. It's probably because I have deemed that it's just none of your damn business. Mm -hmm. I do believe That's in boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I don't want people to confuse that being vulnerable means you got to cut open your chest and bleed over everybody, everything. You don't. But right. if put in a position where you start to talk through things and someone who's listening and caring enough to listen starts to identify something and lead you with questions to pull it more out of you, mm -hmm. if you shut yourself off, then you're probably doing more damage versus then being with that, that person who cares about you or who is skilled to pull it out of you, unpack it, and then be like, let's look at it. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I think sometimes it depends on the, I don't want to go too deep with it, but I, I guess it's like, well, I'll use my, my brothers here. I know they all love me, but it's a soul connection. Like, we're all together. We're tight, hands down all day. But it's a soul connection with each. Whereas John, I know, loves me, but I think if John ever saw me cry, he'd be like, what the fuck? Hold and on, he, man. See, no, 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 no. You would hold me down, but I think you seeing me cry, you'd be like, what the fuck? I ain't never seen this motherfucker cry. How am I going to deal with this? Come on, you dog, get it over. You're, Whereas, you're projecting. You're projecting the, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But that's, don't finish. It's that soul connection. That's how I feel. Whereas I feel like I could totally cry and damn near boohoo in front of Keltrick, and he would understand every fucking thing and be there. And I've cried with Rob before, but it wouldn't be no sobbing boo. I think Rob be like, bruh. I understand. I'm there for you. He would try to, let, you know, get me up and get me out of this. Whereas I think Keltrick would let me go through the whole gamut and bring me back up. And John, I know he'd be there for me, but he'd be like, "What the fuck?" So I think can, it's just that. It's, no, can I, I, I jump I, in I here? Feel it's just a connection. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta jump in. I gotta jump in because age, you, you, you physically, you physically and 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 spiritually felt through me going through my lowest when I was down in Atlanta. I was at my lowest point. I came back up to shoot a, a, a wedding or a family, something or whatever, and I stayed with John out in Silver Spring, stayed with him, went up to outside of to Baltimore County. This was in summer, summer 2013. Went up to Baltimore County, came back. What I'm hearing from you, Neil, is that John really wouldn't be attuned with it. But John, whether he knows it or not, 
he clued in on me being at my lowest. And he was like, you're not good. I don't remember this. He was like, you're not good. He, like, called not, he, he was like, I'm not digging this. And he was like, yo, I'm going to tell you. The brother said, I'm going to tell you what you told me when I went back to Houston. I got a floor. You got a floor. That's Ain't no shame in coming back home. Yeah. The brother is there. 100%. You don't have to boo-hoo. He's there. Oh, I'm not dissing John. No, 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 I'm not dissing John at all. I'm just saying there was different. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. All I wanted to point out, I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever seen me cry necessarily. And I don't know if crying is necessary. I don't know if that's like the, not the barometer. symbolism. It's just a symbolism of you being emotional or whatever. But all that to say, I feel like if you were to be overtly emotional in front of me or whatever the case is, I'm going to like listen. And then, you know, whatever it is that you want to do is what it ultimately is. I'm not going to freak out is what I wanted to say. Like, I'm not going to like be like, oh, my God, he's crying and <laughs> shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be because, you know, you're a human being. I feel like I'm definitely the kind of person you all are like, like Ross said, there's levels. I'm very vulnerable as almost as vulnerable as I can be. I'm yeah. vulnerable with y'all. My vulnerability is being like as honest as I can be with you and being like, here's my opinion about what you're saying. What you choose to do with it is what you do with it. And then after that, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm with you regardless. So whatever you decide to do, whatever you're going through, we just going to be going through it together. And that's kind of how it is with y'all. Now, if it was somebody else that I just knew, I might be like, damn, that fucked up. But you got to handle that and deuce. Well, listen, um, I, I think I think this whole conversation about vulnerability does lead into to mental health and well-being. Mm -hmm. I think it does lead into how we identify um, the different resources that can help us be better mm -hmm. at what we do. I want to give Dr. Selena um, the last word to talk about you know, what's on our heart, what's on her mind uh, before we, 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 we properly thank her for spending this time in, um, in processing through mental mm -hmm. health and vulnerability with us. Thank you. Thank you again for yeah. having me. Like, seriously, this has been awesome. Even just listening to the, the dialogue has been, thank you. It's been amazing. Um, but I just want you all to take care of yourselves. You don't have to do therapy, work out, spend time with your friends, Spend time outdoors in the sun. Just take care of yourselves in whatever ways you need. I'm here. I made a statement earlier about financial resources. I'm here whether you have them or not. I'm sure you have people in your life who care about you. These guys are awesome if you need anything. But we need each other. Like, we can't do this thing alone. Life is And we need each other. Um, and especially my, my, my village. So if there's anything I can do, please don't hesitate to reach out. Likewise. Appreciate you. Well, listen, Doc, Dr. Selena, we knew her when she was just Selena Smith, you know, <laughs> working summer programs back in the summer of 1999 with snotty head, upward bound students <laughs> running around campus. Listen, we, we, we go, we, we, we go back. We go back like chairs in the Cadillac. We, we, we are. Yeah. 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 We, we all peoples yeah. up here. I want to thank hey, you. Hey, Joe. I love you. That's listen, my last one. Sorry. Yeah, Joe Bond Hicks. Um, listen, we honor you. We appreciate you. We Thank love you. you. We're going to always support you. Y'all need to Thank check God. out realliberation.com. She may not take your Medicare uh, or your Medicaid, but you know, check her out. Um, she's doing great work. She's worked Thank hard you. to get to this point. Um, and that means you have someone who is skilled and has the technical expertise to get you from point A to point B. So, Selena, um, Dr. Smith, thank you for coming and kicking with thank us. You. Love you to death, Mama. I appreciate it. I love y'all. Thank, thank you. Right. Thank you. Good thank night. You, well, yeah, buddy. Damn, that got kind of deep and serious, but we yeah. like it like that. On this and John, show. I know you got my back, boy. You know I love you. you know, I we, mean, we, I was not offended whatsoever. I know what we you mean. Nothing surface. We don't do nothing surface over here at all. The legitimate straight talk. Don't backseat freestyles. I've seen you throw up too many times. <laughs> I, you know, going through too much, so it was, it's, it's no problem. Too, too much. See, too, too much. <laughs> uh, we've got one more thing. we got to give a recommendation for the people. I am going to kick this off and recommend that everybody be very aware of what's going on here concerning reproductive rights. I know that everybody was paying attention to the SCOTUS thing with the uh, potential to undo Roe versus Wade and all that. 
I think a lot of people, especially here in Maryland, which is a so-called progressive kind of state in D.C. and all that, you know, we tend to think, OK, well, it's OK around here. There's places in other areas, Texas, where I'm from, other parts of the country that you cannot get this very vital, necessary procedure done. And we need people to be aware of it. No, there but are, Texas is on the way. There, and they like trying to ban a plan B, bland, you know, all this other madness. There are about mm -hmm. 23 states that if Roe versus Wade is overturned in 13 of those 23, there are immediate trick laws. There's this, there's this overturned abortions ban in the mm -hmm. other state. It was already on the books to have been banned and, mm -hmm. and Roe overturned it. So if Roe was overturned, they default to their initial law, which is their banned already. Mm -hmm. But you're right, John, people should should pay attention to what's going on with that because yeah, if- that's my recommendation. If, if they overturn that, then because it's it's not in the Constitution, thereby making it not necessarily needing to be in the Constitution. There are a lot of rights we have that aren't in the Constitution mm, um, that could yeah. thereby be overturned. So yeah, yeah, keep keep an eye on that. I'm gonna go in a different direction. Said it before, I'm saying it again. Y'all need to uh, keep your eye out for June 1st. June 1st, cover reveal for Broken Brotherhood. Patrice, if you're still out there paying attention, cover reveal for Broken Brotherhood on June 1st. It'll be <laughs> at, or at, at uh, at officially Rasheen, uh, at officially Rasheen <laughs> on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, Queen, uh, Neil, she wants to know if you sleep. No, I'm here. Um, here my recommendation would be based on the conversation we had last night, just like how everybody is so pressed to charge up their phone when it's running low on battery, make sure when you're running low on battery, you plug up and just recharge yourself, whether it's like they said, going to the gym, taking a walk, reading a book. Whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you take care of yourself first because how are you going to be good for your family and your loved ones and your job if, you, if you're if low on energy? So make sure you check on yourself. Please live by that, my brother. Oh, you know I do. I charge he myself. He, he unplugs to charge. Yeah. He, he separates. That's how he gets his charge up. Tina yeah. Cole said two-hour massage. That's what she gets. What do y'all do to um to get your body, your mind right? Y'all, you know, let, let us know. Because Tina Cole likes that two-hour rub down. Is it one of those rub downs we see on the Instagram or like a real? Yeah, oh, yeah Tina Cole. Is it one of those inst Instagram rub downs or like yeah. from a, a real masseuse? Aisha Sharp is talking about the gym, and she's a beast in that gym too. Y'all, y'all really should check out her fitness IG because she goes crazy in the gym. Jan likes sex to recharge. Okay, Jan, I could, I could think it. ain't nothing wrong with that. Is that self-sex or, self or like intercourse? With someone else, yeah, yeah. Let, let, wow. let us know. Oh, Adora likes Listen. sleep. <laughs> like the rose. Nicole likes the, the the spa day. Oh, and Aisha's fitness joint is uh, I am too sharp with an E, sharp with an E. Fitness. I am too number two sharp E. Fitness. Check out her fitness Instagram. Get it, get it. I'm gonna recommend a book. One word that will change your life. Quick read by John John Gordon. Dan Britton and Jimmy Page. It's a dope little book. Check it out, man. It's a great read real quick. It'll change your life. Guaranteed, for sure. There you go, man. So thank you once and all for joining us. This was in production with Dana Bingham Guanilo of Makeda Filmworks. And of course, our theme music is produced by Midnight Michael. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody between and beyond that binary understanding. Thank you for joining us. Please like, share, subscribe to this show. Tell people about us. We will be back very soon. In the meantime and in between time, fellas, that's it. That's it for me. Peace.